0: Section Twenty One of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of Saint Matthew by J. C. Ryle, Chapter Eight, Verses Sixteen to Twenty Seven, Christ's Wisdom in Dealing with Professors, The Storm on the Lake Calmed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Matthew Chapter Eight, Verses Sixteen to Twenty Six when the even was come they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses now when jesus saw great magnitudes about him he gave commandment to depart unto the other side and a certain scribe came and said unto him Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him and behold there arose a great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves but he was asleep and his disciples came to him and awoke him saying lord save us we perish and he saith unto them why are ye fearful o ye of little faith then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm But the men marvelled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? In the first part of these verses we see a striking example of our Lord's wisdom in dealing with those who professed a willingness to be his disciples. The passage throws so much light on a subject frequently misunderstood in these days that it deserves more than ordinary attention. A certain scribe offers to follow our Lord whithersoever he goes. It was a remarkable offer, when we consider the class to which the man belonged, and the time at which it was made. But the offer receives a remarkable answer. It is not directly accepted, nor yet flatly rejected. The Lord only makes the solemn reply. The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head." Another follower of our Lord next comes forward and asks to be allowed to bury his father before going any further in the path of a disciple. The request seems, at first sight, a natural and lawful one, but it draws from our Lord's lips a reply no less solemn than that already referred to, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. There is something deeply impressive in both these sayings. They ought to be well weighed by all professing Christians. They teach us plainly that people who show a desire to come forward and profess themselves true disciples of Christ should be warned plainly to count the cost before they begin. Are they prepared to endure hardship? Are they ready to carry the cross? If not, they are not yet fit to begin. They teach us plainly that there are times when a Christian must literally give up all for Christ's sake, and when even such duties as attending to a parent's funeral must be left to be performed by others. Such duties some will always be ready to attend to, and at no time can they be put in comparison with the greater duty of preaching the gospel, and doing Christ's work in the world. It would be well for the churches of Christ, if these sayings of our Lord were more remembered than they are. It may be well feared, that the lesson they contain is too often overlooked by the ministers of the gospel, and that thousands are admitted to full communion, who are never warned to count the cost. Nothing, in fact, has done more harm to Christianity than the practice of filling the ranks of Christ's army with every volunteer who is willing to make a little profession, and talk fluently of his experience. It has been painfully forgotten that numbers alone do not make strength, and that there may be a great quantity of mere outward religion, while there is very little real grace. Let us all remember this. Let us keep back nothing from young professors and inquirers after Christ. Let us not enlist them on false pretenses. Let us tell them plainly that there is a crown of glory at the end. But let us tell them no less plainly that there is a daily cross in the way. In the latter part of these verses we learn that true saving faith is often mingled with much weakness and infirmity, It is a humbling lesson, but a very wholesome one. We are told of our Lord and his disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee in a boat. A storm arises, and the boat is in danger of being filled with water by the waves that beat over it. Meanwhile, our Lord is asleep. The frightened disciples awake him and cry to him for help. He hears their cry and stills the waters with a word, so that there is a great calm. At the same time, he gently reproves the anxieties of his disciples. Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? What a vivid picture we have here of the hearts of thousands of believers! How many have faith and love enough to forsake all for Christ's sake, and follow him whithersoever he goes, and yet are full of fears in the hour of trial? how many have grace enough to turn to jesus in every trouble crying lord save us and yet not grace enough to lie still and believe in the darkest hour that all is well truly believers have reason indeed to be clothed with humility let the prayer lord increase our faith always form part of our daily petitions we never perhaps know the weakness of our faith until we are placed in the furnace of trial and anxiety blessed and happy is that person who finds by experience that his faith can stand the fire and that he can say with job though he slay me yet will i trust him job chapter thirteen verse fifteen we have great reason to thank god that jesus our great high priest is very compassionate and tender-hearted He knows our frame. He considers our infirmities. He does not cast off his people because of defects. He pities even those whom he reproves. The prayer, even of little faith, is heard and gets an answer. End of section 21